0: speaking on the voice of God, started last week, continuing now, and this morning is basically about becoming the voice of God, becoming the voice of God. And I shared last week that we need to consume the word. Let's say it, consume the word until the word consumes us. Let's say it again, let's cons- I need to consume the word. Until it consumes me. okay I shared last week there's a key the Lord gave me and I've been doing it this last week, just been having a, a great time m- meditating upon the word like I take a scripture or a few a day and'm I'm, like I'm in the gym or I'm driving in my car or while I've, after I've done a set of exercise, then I' take out my phone and then I would Read my verse for the day again and just meditate upon it. Let it soak in. Consume the word until the word consumes you. Consume the word until it consumes you because something happens to you, something happens to me when we consume the word. So on Monday morning I was in the gym and I was consuming the word and uh, afterwards I went into the locker room and uh, there was a one of retired men, he does the aquaerobics, and he's, he's since August shared with me that he's injured his right shoulder. So he, um, and he's been complaining, so he's messing him around, and, and he can't really exercise, can't do what he wants to do. So I'm standing there, I'm thinking, oh, so I think there's a second or third time he's told me this. And I know Jesus heals. But we're now in the locker room, and there are naked men everywhere. <laughs> big, big naked men. Okay, they were all wearing their clothes. They were all wearing their clothes. Big men wearing their clothes. <laughs> and so now I'm thinking, should I? Should I pray for this? Should I not pray for this? And so uh, I think, ah, oh, let's just go for it. So I say, hey, can I pray for you? And he said, well, he's a Christian. Um, from a church in town, and, uh, and, and he said, no, okay, cool. So I prayed for him 30 seconds. I prayed, Lord, I pray your blessing on the shoulder. Let your kingdom come in Jesus' name, etc., etc." like 30 seconds, quick, quick. <clears throat> and then I said, okay, test it. And so I could see, and he had no expectation of anything working or happening. But so he was saying, well, he's trying to explain how this works. And he said, no, I can do this, and I can do this, and then, you know, there's no pain. But when I do this, there's acute pain. When I do this, there's acute pain. Are you feeling anything? I'm not feeling anything now. <laughs> so anyway, I'm still following up with the guy, but that was good. That was good. Still see if it's a week later, still healed. But that was, that was just so it was so good. It's like usual thing, in the gym, speaking to some people a little bit, but not, you know, normally we just chat, then we go, move on. But actually taking hold of that moment, taking hold of that moment in the midst of the other people and... And praying for him. That huh? oh, was good for me. That was, was wonderful. We must break out of our boxes. We must break out of our boxes. But we need to consume the word because then it begins to consume us. It actually does something to you so that you can step out. You, so you can find your voice. Find your voice. Become the voice of God. So I want to take us to Samuel, the story of Samuel, beautiful story of. Samuel as a boy and and how God spoke to him and how Samuel became the voice of God. So let me let me let me jump into it. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1. It's the first verse. But there's something I I just can't shake. Like over and over I go to the scriptures and I find time and time again a nation in trouble, cities in trouble, and then God speaks to a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, in Mary's case, the mother of Jesus, and things change. I can't shake it. I can't shake the potential of this truth in the scriptures. Over and over again, it comes down to one person that God meets with. And that one person starts a chain reaction where even a nation and cities turn to God. So even Mary said, as a a teenager girl, the angel appeared to her, and then her response was, Behold the servant of God, let it be to me according to your word. Saying yes to that process of becoming pregnant by the Holy Spirit, becoming the mother of the Son of God, and starting a chain reaction all across this world. And same way, in, in Samuel's day, the, the nation was in trouble. The, the priests were corrupt. The people were falling away from God. It was a crisis, a true crisis. And so then that verse says there, but Samuel was, was he was dedicated by his mother to the temple, to, the, to Eli, the high priest was looking after him. And so he was from a small boy, like three, four years old. He was in the temple. And it says there, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was rare. In those days, there was no widespread revelations. There was no widespread revelation. It says the boy was ministering before the Lord. But the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Now think about this. They had the scriptures, the, the, the writings of Moses. They had the scriptures, but the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Because that word of the Lord actually speaks about the voice of God. The voice of God speaking. And so, the voice of God was rare in those days. But there was this little boy, and this little boy positioned himself in the temple, ministering unto the Lord. And something started to happen there. But it says there was no widespread revelation. No widespread revelation. What is it? What what is revelation? Revelation is, is like you're in a theater and you have the curtains are closed and you can't see what's happening behind. Revelation is the removal of the curtains, the opening up of the curtains. That's revelation. Suddenly you see, suddenly you understand. Suddenly you see God everywhere. Okay, so in that situation there was. Little revelation, because even though they had the scriptures, they didn't have the voice of God. And so these days, there's, it's like, it's just, if you have the Bible, it's all you need. You know, God doesn't need to speak anymore. You know, it's like wedding day. Bridegroom, bride, bridegroom kisses bride. They get married. It's beautiful. Everyone's happy. And then bridegroom gives the bride a book, his diary. And he says, my love, I love you so much. In this book is everything I'm ever, 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 ever going to tell you. I'm never going to speak to you again. But just read the book. Huh? We're going to have a wonderful relationship. No, it's not going to work. You want, you, you need the voice of God to have an intimate relationship with the living God. I'm going to show you in the life of Samuel and so many other people in the Bible and us today, it is the voice of God that brings transformation. Everything changes when the word of God comes, when the voice of God speaks. And yes, it can be from the scriptures. Often it is just the scriptures being highlighted by the voice of God. But God wants to speak. He wants to speak to you, me. He wants to give you revelation because it helps you to see God everywhere. It removes the veil. It causes your relationship to come alive with God. And that's my mission. I want your relationship with Jesus to come alive like never before. Not dry, not stale, not average, not ordinary. And the only way it's going to happen is you can start hearing his voice. And it's not an audible external voice necessarily. That's the exception. Sometimes it's just a small voice on the inside of your heart. Speaking to you. So I want to I want to see God everywhere. You see, when 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 revelation comes, when you see Him, the Bible says, when we see Him, we will be like Him. So every glimpse you get of Jesus, every glimpse you get, every, every glimpse you get of who God is, every bit of revelation you receive impacts you. It transforms you. It transforms you. And as you are transformed, you will start transforming people around you. There is more. There is more we have settled for so little. We've settled for a, a very average existence. I tell you, there's so much more. And so that's what we're going for. So the next verse, or it's actually a few verses before, 1 Samuel 2, verse 35. Now this God spoke to the high priest. The high priest's sons were corrupt. Often and Phineas. And then God speaks to the high priest and he says. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Let's say that. Say faithful. Faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and my mind. I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. God is looking for a faithful people. What is faithful? Faithful is basically, it's like, you know, being faithful to my wife. My wife, Sonica asks me every now and again, am I your favorite? And I say, well, you're my only one. And I say, I don't want to just be your only one, I want to be your favorite. Okay, you're my favorite and you're my only one. But you're not like my first among ten women. Faithfulness is, she's my only one, and she's my favorite. If I could choose amongst anyone in the whole world, I'd choose her. Every time. So, I am faithful. She, she, she's going to pay me to speak for saying that. <laughs> Just kidding. But but faithful. What is faithful? Being faithful to God. God is waiting, waiting for you and me to say, God, you're my everything. You're not my first amongst ten or my favorite even amongst ten other options. You are my everything. I only have eyes for you. My heart is not wandering around going other places. It's you. And like we sang the songs, when God, I give you my heart, you, you are my everything. That is what God is looking for. God wants to impact the lives of people like you can't imagine. But he's looking for a faithful man, a faithful woman. He said, God, my heart is yours. And there is no other. And so that's what this verse speaks of. God said, I'm going to raise up for myself a faithful priest. And he shall do according to what is in my heart and my mind. So God is like, he's looking for someone to partner with him. He's looking for someone that he says, now this person has my heart. I can trust him. I'm going to bless him. It says I'm going to build him a house. I'm going to bless him. And so on Thursday evening, while we're praying at Ignite, I, I got this very, very vivid picture, vision of a person standing with their heart in their hands and in a sense handing over their heart. ...to another one, and I believe that's Jesus, representing Jesus, and Jesus receiving that heart. But it's, it's hard, that bit, giving your heart over is the hard bit. It's like, it's like, it's like gravity, it's want to hold, I want to, I, I want control. We are afraid of letting go of control, we want control over our desires and things like that. But true freedom is when you hand your heart over to Jesus... And he consumes your heart. His passions becomes yours because you handed over your heart. That is freedom. And I felt the Lord saying, when you give me your heart, that's the safest place your heart can be. And then I felt God saying to me, if you give me your heart, I will give my heart to you. Give me your heart and I'm going to give my heart to you. You see, because God can trust you. You can't wait until God gives everything to you. You, as the created being, must say, okay, God, I surrender my heart to you. And then he says, okay, now. Now I'm going to bless you. I'm, gonna, I'm giving you my heart. I'm, I'm going to reveal to you who I am. This is, the, this is what life is about. It's about knowing him. There's nothing that compares. To knowing him. Nothing compares to glimpsing receiving a glimpse of him. And God is saying, Give me your heart and I will give you my heart. I will reveal to you who I am. But it's like a complete surrender. So there's a few things that we need to do to consume. Or what happens when you and I consume the word of God or the voice, when we embrace the voice of God, when we consume the word of God, it begins to consume different areas of parts of our being. The one area is consume the word of God till it consumes your thinking, where you receive the mind of Christ. For instance, do you have a lot of faith? If you don't have a lot of faith, you're not consuming the word of God as you should. And you can only consume the word completely if you shut down the other voices. If you, if you try to do a little bit of the word of God and all the other voices with all your heart, it's not going to work. And I shared about that last week. You can download the message from last week. And how it works is the more you eat the word of God, the hungrier you get. It's not like normal, natural world. The more you consume of God, the more you want. It becomes... Like a fire in the inside of you. So you want to consume the word until it consumes your thinking. The mind of Christ. Think like God. You want to consume the word of God until it consumes your passions. In other words, when you, when you fill yourself with a the word, then it actually enables you to hand over your heart. Okay, let it go. Let it go. Jesus, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm not, gonna, I'm not the, all the other things, all the other lusts and desires and distractions and things. Lord, I am yours when you consume the word until it consumes you. And when you consume the words of God, it becomes, as I said last week, like Elijah or Jeremiah, becomes like a fire in your bones and a fire in your heart that you can't hold it back. You start speaking. You just can't hold it back. You can't hold it back. And then lastly, consume until it consumes your every action. Beautiful word I received. I saw a picture. You see, God speaks in pictures often. I can't go into all the details now, but it's it's a vision from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's gentle, sometimes it's more vivid. But I saw this picture and it really spoke to me. I saw a man standing and I saw a hand, a big, big hand coming from behind. I believe that's the hand of God. Now the scripture speaks about the hand of God. And I saw this hand moving into a person and filling them completely. It's like the, the person became like a glove to the hand of God. And I believe that's what God wants to do in you and in me. He wants to fill us with his presence to overflow. He wants to come with his Holy Spirit upon us so that it's not us, but it's him through us. But you need to consume the word until it consumes you. Why do you want to do this? Because that is freedom. That's what you were made to be. God in you. That's what you were designed for. That is what we are designed for, to know him. Religion, dead religion freaks me out completely. Because it's dry and it's boring and no one's life gets changed and this, this God is not in the house. Our mission is God, we want you to be in the house. We want God. Isn't that what we're doing here this day? Isn't that what we're here for? We want God. We want the real God. We don't want a theory of God. We don't want an idea of God. We want God. And as you see in the story of, of Samuel, we see a change in the nation of Israel from him being a boy to the place where it actually says, and God returned to Israel. That's what we're looking for. And the potential is in your hands and in my hands to see God returning. All he's looking is for one person, one person, one man or one woman or one child. What could be possible For God to do through one person completely surrendered to the will of God? What could be possible for God to do through one man or one woman completely surrendered to the will of God? I'm saying, let's find out. Let's find out. That's what I believe God is challenging me. Let's find out. I'm going to go for it. I hope some of us will follow. Let's go for it. So how does this happen? How does, how do we become consumed? Next verse, 1 Samuel 3 verse 2. It says, And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. This is the high priest. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down as a boy, he was lying down It says that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. A phone call from heaven. The Lord called, I think it's the first phone call in the history of the world. It says there, and God, the Lord, called Samuel. But Samuel didn't know it was God. He thought it was Eli the high priest. And so he sort of missed it. But I believe right now, right now, right now, God knows each and every one of us. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows your desires. He knows your fears. And he knows your mobile number, heavenly mobile numbers straight to your heart. He knows you. He knows you better than you can ever imagine. He made you, designed you, created you, destined you. And he's phoning you. I believe the phone is ringing right now. Do you hear it? Someone quickly phone someone. But the phone is ringing. I believe God is speaking. He is phoning each and every one. He's calling us. He is calling us. He's waiting for us to answer. He's waiting for us to answer that phone and to realize he's, he's calling. God is calling me. God is calling me. God is calling me. I tell you, God is calling you. And then you have Samuel, a boy. I mean, he's a boy and God speaks to him. There's a big shift that we trust in God to bring even into our kids' church. God speaks even to children. Children don't get a junior Holy Spirit. Do you know that? Children don't get a junior Holy Spirit. They get the whole Holy Spirit and they can hear the voice of God and we're going to trust that our children My boy, other kids are going to hear the voice of God. We're going to teach them, train them to encounter God. Because that is, you know, who did Sunday school when they were small at church? Sunday school, okay, awesome. Now, it was wonderful for me in a sense. It was nice stories, but it didn't transform my life. Yes, it sort of lay a foundation so that I would remember, you know, David Goliath. David's a little guy. Goliath's a big one. You know, the basic stories and things. But there is more. God wants our kids and us to have an encounter with him. Why, why should we first go off the rails, mess up our lives, and then in desperation come back to Jesus? I think that's stupid. What if our kids from a young age can find God, truly find him, not just know of him, but know him? That's who we're trusting the Lord for in kids' church. That's who we're going to trust for the youth of this church, that children, young people will encounter God, not just be entertained and, ooh, like a a, come and check out the girls and whatever. That's what youth often is, babysitting. I think it should go beyond that. I think people should have an encounter with God. What do you think? Yes. Next verse, 1 Samuel 3, verse 6 to 7. So Samuel went to Eli, try to figure out what's happening. Eli says, no, no, no go, go lie down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. I think that's so beautiful. God calling, saying, Samuel, God knows your name. Let's say it, God knows my name. Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So he didn't know, he didn't discern the voice of God. Some of us don't, don't know the voice of God, don't know how to discern the voice of God, but that can't change, even as with Samuel. Next verses, verse 8 to 10. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went, lay down in his place. Now the Lord came. So beautiful. The Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak, for your servant hears. Samuel heard an audible voice. The voice of God. God still speaks with an audible voice sometimes. It's more rare than the other ways, but he does. But I think there's something, that's, it's like proper heavenly phone call answering protocol. So I would teach my boy how to answer the phone at home. It would be like, uh, good day, Kruger residence, Vian speaking. How can I help you? But it's like Eli taught Samuel some protocol: how to how to position yourself in a place that you can hear the voice of God. And so he was to say there, "Speak, Lord, for your servant hears." May that become our prayer every day. God, I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me from the scriptures. I want you to. I want. I want to. I want. I want to see you. I want the transformation. I want to, to know you. May this become our daily prayer. I mean surely we how, how often a day do we eat? How often a day do we eat? 3 times? Some of us 17 times. Little bits. The word of God says I shared last week, for man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not proceed it, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, So Jesus is speaking, and he's saying, "Guys, you're not going to live just by bread, and you're not going to live by last year's word. You, you will live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I shared this last week. Some of us are wondering, why is the devil so powerful in my life? Why don't I hear the voice of God? Why is my life falling apart? Why isn't things working? Why am I so in sin? Well, I tell you, if you maybe just can't start consuming the word of God until it consumes you, you won't find yourself in such trouble. I shared more about that last week. But the Bible says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you plant the word of God in your heart, then when temptation comes, it has nothing in you. Nothing in you. Are you consuming the word of God? Are you consuming the word of God? And so it says that now the Lord came and stood and called. He came. Don't know about you, but this is for me. This is what it's about. God, I want to know you. I want you. I don't want to know about you. I want you. I want your presence. I want you. I want you to come. I want you to stand next. Speaks of intimacy, like standing next to your bed. God comes and speaks. So the presence of God moves from the voice of God, or the voice of God moves from the presence of God, but they connect it. The presence of God and the voice of God. Okay, so just look at this. The outflow. The outflow of the voice of God. One of the outflows is with Samuel, he. Heard the voice of God, and then he brought a message to Eli from God. So the outflow of the hearing the voice of God, embracing the voice of God, is that you become the voice of God. You start speaking to others, the word of God. Okay. So that's where you want to get to. You want to, you want to speak for the sake of others. The voice of God isn't primarily for us. It is for the sake of others. Let me say that again. The voice of God isn't primarily for us. It is for the sake of... Of others, Even if God speaks to you for you, it's to transform you so that you can speak to others. The voice of God isn't primarily for us, but it's for the sake of others. God's heart is burning. He's looking for servants. He's looking for someone who can partner with him. He's looking for people who can speak on his behalf. Now look at this. This is beautiful. 1 Samuel 3, verse 19 to 20. Almost finished. 19 to 20. It says there, So Samuel grew the outflow of the voice of God. The outflow of him hearing the voice of God was he grew. The outflow of the voice of God was that the Lord was with him. The outflow was that in God let none of his words fall to the ground. So when you hear the voice of God, the result is accelerated growth. Accelerated growth. Because when God's voice speaks, he releases into your life the power to do it. See, if you just read a verse, that's fine. That's great. Good starting point. Read it and meditate upon it. Awesome. But when God speaks that to you, his spirit takes that word. He says, this word is for you now. Then with that word comes empowerment. For instance, you read a verse you're battling with lust and then you read it and it says something like you will no longer lust and it just explodes in your heart and then grace comes upon you and suddenly, okay, I feel better. <laughs> I have control over my desires. There's grace. Or you, you blow up often and you, you, you become angry and, and you don't have control over your things and you, the word comes about patience. And suddenly... There's self-control. Suddenly, there's patience. There is empowerment for your walk with God. It's like Peter standing on the boat, Jesus walking on the water, and Peter, they're not sure if it's a ghost or who it is, but it might be Jesus. He's saying, Lord, if it's you, call me so I can walk on the water. And then Jesus said, Peter, come. And then he walks in water by the grace that comes with the word of God. Doesn't make sense. A word empowers you when the spirit of God rests upon it. It enables you to actually do it, to live it. So grew, Samuel grew, so there's accelerated growth. Secondly, the Lord was with him. Maybe it was because he was with God. It says the Lord was with him, but I think it was Samuel was now with God. He heard the voice of God so he could follow after God. God is saying left, left, left. He's saying right. Okay, do this, walk there. So he stayed with God. You see, the Lord's moving continuously. If you didn't know it. And there's a verse that speaks about, Lord, my soul follows closely behind you. Psalm 63 verse 8. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. And it says, and let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words... The words that Samuel began to speak became the words of God. Because he was speaking the words of God, it wouldn't fall to the ground. It wouldn't be powerless. His prayers weren't powerless and the words that he spoke weren't powerless because the words he spoke was from the voice of God. He heard from God and he spoke from God. It's different living. It's different living then. If, If we start living this... When we hear the voice of God, then our words becomes his words. And then it says, and everyone could see that he was a prophet. In other words, something supernatural happens. That everyone around you start realizing, oh, God is with that person. God is with him. God is with her. In your workplace. I mean, imagine now with with, with, with Samuel. He was a prophet for the whole of Israel. The whole nation acknowledged this man is a man of God. The signs the hand of God. Everything was clear. Would you, like to, would, would you like that? Everybody around you knew that God is with this man. God is with this woman. Don't mess with them. God is with them. That would be awesome. But that's what God wants to do. He wants it in the workplace, in the, your family, wherever, whenever. Everyone to know that God is with you. But the key is you need to hear his voice so that your words don't fall to the ground. Samuel grew. God was with him. And his words didn't fall to the ground. And everybody knew that this is a prophet from the Lord. And this is just ending off with this. Samuel became the voice of God. Look at this last verse. Ah, this is beautiful. It says, Then the Lord appeared again. In Shiloh. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Whatever we could say this then the Lord appeared again in East London. Then the Lord appeared again at my school, at my workplace, in my home. The Lord appeared again. You know, it's good when God pitches, I promise you. Everything changes. You change, your environment changes. The favor of God rests upon your life. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Why? For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel by the word of the Lord. In other words, God found himself a faithful priest. God found himself someone who knew his heart, who had his heart, someone whom he could trust. And God said, I like to be there. I want to be with him. And so God goes there. The whole nation gets blessed. The whole nation gets blessed. What if you and I could become that faithful priest? What if you and I could be a person that God loves to be with, and so he just, he just hangs with us, comes with us, be, he comes and stays with us? What, if, what, what blessing could come to East London if a whole church of people could become faithful priests who are sold out to the living God, who shuts down the other voices and the distractions, who consume the word of God until it consumes us? God say... I like to be there I like to be with these people I believe that's the invitation for you and for me that's the invitation every scripture in the Bible is an invitation for you and me to experience the same every story every testimony is God why not us why not me why not you become a faithful priest become that faithful priest so God appeared again. God was back in Israel. The presence of God returned to Israel. For the Lord revealed himself to that one, one man. One man. May God make his appearance amongst us as well. Manifestly. Manifestly. So this weekend we're going to have a fast fast and pray. We're going to set aside time to seek the face of God. Friday evening, 630 Saturday morning, nine o'clock. Someone invite you to join us. Let's seek the face of God. Let's position ourselves as Samuel did. Where he ministered unto the Lord. And he waited. God, I'm here. I hunger for you. God, speak. God, come. When the voice of God comes, everything changes.